to oh everyone listening, do not do the crazy things that we said that we did. Don't do those. Don't do those. Yeah. Please. These are not interstates and heartbreak or seeing other people approved. No, exactly. <laughs> Welcome back. Today is a huge day for Interstates and Heartbreak. And today's guest is actually a fellow podcast host, but not just any podcast. She is currently the host of Seeing Other People, a show which helps to normalize the everyday struggles and journeys of dating. Prior to that, she was working as Hinge's video and content producer, which also entailed her launching a Hinge-sponsored podcast titled Dating Sucks. And I'm so honored and excited to have Alana Dunn. Welcome. Hi. Oh my God. I'm like blushing and smiling so big because that was such an amazing introduction. I honestly, I need to like memorize everything you just said and learn how to give my own intro back the way you just did. I feel like you pitch yourself, you know, you're, you're good. Like people know who you are in the podcast and dating world. Oh my God. Stop complimenting me. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I'm so excited too. And I feel like I have so much that I want to talk through with you. I have no clue how we're going to possibly cover everything. So I feel like we can just dive in. Let's do it. And so I feel like I am so creepy in bringing this up. But you know, because I follow you on Instagram, I know that it's a pretty big relationship milestone for you today. Um, And I figured since you like brought it up on your Instagram, it's fair game to say today is your 100th date with your boyfriend. It is, which is crazy. And I know, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone else celebrating a hundredth date, but (laughs) I mean, here I am. Yeah, I'm really excited. My boyfriend and I met this past year and in the beginning of the year, we matched on Hinge in January. Mm -hmm. I was actually no longer working at Hinge at the time and our first date wasn't until February. Um, And it was a pretty not great first day. I'm not <laughs> really. Yeah, it was. First of all, it was 20 degrees and we had to sit outside because <sighs> of COVID. Yeah. So at that point, it's like we couldn't even focus. I, I don't even know what we talked about. All we talked about was how <laughs> how cold we were and like we yeah. ordered these like, hot drinks and like a minute later they were cold. Oh my gosh. But. Yeah. Everyone's like, how do you know it's your hundredth date? And so I keep lists of everything. And I guess at one point, like very early on, I was telling him about like how I have lists of everything. Like Mm -hmm. I literally have a list of every boy I've ever kissed. Oh my God. I actually love that. I kind of wish I had done that. And now I feel like it's too late to remember some of them. (laughs) Exactly. It's always too late unless you like, (laughs) like start from the get go. And he thought that was really cool. And I think we ended up just like, maybe on like our ninth or 10th date, like being like, Oh, like, should we keep track of our dates? Like, can we even remember what we've done already? And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. if we don't start now, we're never going to do it. So we have a shared iCloud like note on the notes app that we do. Yeah. That is really cute. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So I can't even imagine, you know, feeling sexy or feeling like engaged in the date when you're outside in New York in the dead of winter. So the fact that you made it work after that first date, I feel like that's a sign. They're the one. It was, it was brutal. (laughs) I will truly say it was brutal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what did you end up deciding on for this hundredth date? 
So we were going back and forth. A lot of people were like, recreate your first date. And we're like, absolutely not. Because it was <laughs> freezing. And I actually yeah. love the restaurant that we went to. But he's like, no, we'll go back there for our one year. Like, it's oh. our year anniversary yeah. place. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, like people suggested all different, like, really creative ideas that I really liked. But, like, we couldn't decide what to do. And we ended up deciding let's recreate our second date, which Mm -hmm. was better than the first because we decided, okay, let's do something inside Mm -hmm. (laughs) where he came over to my apartment. We made margaritas. He works at a restaurant. And so he brought over like different things to make different flavors of margaritas. And so we made margaritas and ordered in my favorite sushi, which is sugarfish. And yeah, so we've been to Sugarfish on about 10% of our dates. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so they have a specific menu item called the Don't Think, Just Eat, which is their version mm-hmm. of an omakase. And we were going to do that because we're mm-hmm. like, okay, we saved that for a special occasion. Let's do it. But my parents kind of encouraged us to go to this like really nice, really special restaurant that's like rated the number five most romantic restaurant in the world. It's called wow. One If By Land, Two If By Sea. So we are going there. Oh, how lovely. Okay. Yeah. Number five, most romantic. That is pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, <laughs> very excited to hear that. And so obviously you're in a really happy, successful relationship now. And I feel like, you know, as I've listened to your podcast over the years, I think one of the things that like I appreciated and that a lot of your other listeners could appreciate is the fact that you're so open about the feelings that people experience when they are single. And that also like really applied to you. And like you were very transparent and vulnerable about what you were experiencing when you were single. And so I'd love to kind of dive into like how you mentally prepared to be in a relationship and, you know, some of the difficulties that maybe you worked through as you were getting in a place where you were mentally ready and where you were finding that person who was worthy of committing to. I don't even know where to begin because there were so (laughs) many. (laughs) And like not to say that I overcame everything. And then finally, because I got to a better place, like Mm -hmm. I found this guy, like there were a lot of things at play, but I definitely was in a much better place when I met him. And I do Mm -hmm. think that has something to do with it. But yeah, for a really, really long time, I was like a case study for what not to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I kept getting myself into really, really bad dating situations. And I was repeatedly getting my heart broken. I was repeatedly getting into situationships that were never going to go anywhere. I was continuously going for the same type of person who was never going to want something real. And I would convince myself like, oh, I'll be the one to change him. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, like he doesn't want something serious. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Know that feeling. Yeah. And that's really... Don't. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't... (laughs) It just, you really do set yourself up to get hurt. And Mm -hmm. I think I got to a certain place where I was like, I need to start protecting myself and Mm -hmm. protecting my heart. And like, I don't want to keep going through this. And Mm -hmm. like you said, I was working at Hinge and my job was about dating and relationships. And Mm -hmm. I was there for over two years. And it was really difficult sometimes when like my dating life would be in shambles Mm -hmm. and I'd be crying over this guy or that guy. And I'd have to like put on a brave face and be like, all right, here's how we're all going to get through these dating struggles. And Mm -hmm. it just felt really kind of not fake in a way, but it just felt really like curated. And Mm. I was like, you know what? Like this shit isn't real. I need to start talking about like what I'm actually going through. And so I started opening up about it. And what I found, and I think the biggest thing that helped me get through some of my struggles is by me opening up about what I was struggling with, I found out that I was not alone. 
Mm -hmm. and that everyone else was struggling with a variety of things, some similar, some different, but we all feel alone and we all feel like, oh, why can everyone else get into a relationship except for us? What's wrong with Mm -hmm. us? Like, why them? Why not me? And to realize like, it's not that there was something wrong with me. It's Mm -hmm. just that I wasn't ready yet. And I hadn't worked through things that I needed to work through. I hadn't gotten to a place where I was going to decide, okay, you know what? This person says they're not looking for something serious. I'm going to say, okay, thank you for your time. Goodbye. Yeah. Instead of saying, that's okay. Yeah. We can keep hanging out. Yeah. So it really took that change in the way I was going about it and Mm -hmm. me realizing like, okay, I can't keep repeating these same patterns and doing these same things where Mm -hmm. I get hurt every single time. Let's try something different. Yeah. That's... Yeah. 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 Here I am. (laughs) Well, I love, again, how transparent you are about that. And I feel like for people who maybe haven't been single for a long time or for people who are introverted and are single, I think oftentimes like a misconception is like the biggest struggle of being single is meeting people. And I feel like, you know, from what I've heard from your dating experiences on the podcast, I feel like you didn't have an issue like meeting people. Similarly, when I was single, I was going on so many dates and I'm not saying that as a flex. It was like, honestly too much where I feel like I wasn't discerning enough. I would match with someone and be like, I'm not that excited, but like maybe they're the one and I just can't see that over the app and like not trusting that judgment. And I still remember like one of my friends, I had been single for a couple months and he was like, so like, what's the issue? Are you just not getting any second dates? And I was like, Actually, like, no, I am actually going on these second dates. I think to your point, it was just maybe entertaining second dates that weren't going anywhere for a variety of reasons, rather than just being like, it's okay to cut your losses and move on and find someone who is a better fit. Yeah, absolutely. So to answer your question, or to agree with your assumption, yeah, it wasn't (laughs) a challenge of finding people to date. I mean, I, I think for the majority of people, If you want to go on a date with somebody, you can find somebody to go on a date with. There are unlimited Mm -hmm. resources. Like if it's not working on one dating app, you go make an account on another dating app. You expand your filters. Like Mm -hmm. you change your pictures. There Mm -hmm. are different things. Obviously not like some pictures of people who aren't you, but like, you know, you update your profile. (laughs) Within reason. (laughs) Within reason. We're not on a circle right now. But yeah, like there are so many ways to meet people. And that actually is... I think one of the biggest problems is that there are so many people Mm, out there. And like you said, like people assume it's difficult to meet people, but it's actually not difficult to meet people. It's difficult to choose the right people to meet in person. Yes, 100%. And actually figuring out what you're looking for and who is going to potentially fit into that, not box, not checklist, but like who's going to be looking Mm -hmm. for the same things. That's, I think, the key Mm -hmm. to actually like starting to find the right person. Yeah. And I feel like so much of that lies around communication. I will say I, it's kind of ironic, right? Like I have a podcast. So clearly now this is something I'm like very comfortable talking about. But I think if you were to ask like my first ex-boyfriend, like my first serious person I dated as an adult, he would be like, she was terrible at communication. And I thought it was okay. Cause it was like, we never really got into fights, which is something he always said he really liked about me. But then I also wasn't communicating my needs. And so then when I ended that relationship and like was thrown into the online dating pool that transcended into me not communicating my needs and like, communicating my expectations and figuring out if they aligned with someone else's expectations. And yeah, I think it's like that makes you really easy to get along with 
but eventually like these things are going to come up and it's better to bring them up sooner rather than later. Yeah. Well, what I think is the most difficult part is first figuring out your needs. Hmm. Yes. Because sometimes it's like, okay, is this a need or a want? And then it gets to like, okay, it's a need, but how do I communicate this without sounding needy? And I think the biggest thing that people need to realize for themselves and also when other people are communicating their needs is like having needs is not needy. We all have needs. Every single living being on this earth has needs and Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's normal. It is human to have needs and to want to fulfill those needs. And it really is difficult though to communicate about them because we're all taught like we have to pretend like we're invincible and nothing's going to get to us. Mm-hmm. And and I actually, this is something, the more I think about it, like everyone is always like, why can't men communicate about their feelings? It's like, because they're taught not to. They're taught like mm, from the yeah. time that they're born, like you have to be strong. You have to yeah. not communicate your needs. And so especially in, in like cis heterosexual dating situations when like a girl wants to know what the guy is thinking and, and what he's feeling, <laughs> it's impossible because they're like guys are naturally inclined to not communicate that and to not yeah. say like, oh, like I'm feeling a little anxious about this thing or I would love to see you more than what we're current, like how the number of times a week we're currently seeing each other. And so then we all end up just being like, well, we have no idea what's going on. Let's just make assumptions and (laughs) pretend we like assume what's going on in other people's brains. And we really have no idea. (laughs) No idea. And I'm so glad you brought up anxiety because I feel like that's one of the like biggest struggles that people can experience in dating. And it manifests itself in so many different ways, like depending on who you are, depending on the situation at hand. But like, I would love to hear how do you cope with anxiety in dating? And obviously that's not something that's present now, but like in the past, if you were anxious around like figuring out if you were on the same page as someone, like what are some things you think you can do to kind of combat that? Well, so two-part question. One is what what do I do? And then what are some things that people should do? Because, <laughs> you know, I'll like stay up all night staring at the ceiling, asking myself a million questions, making up a million scenarios, and then call every single one of my friends and be like, okay, so this is what happened. This is what he said. This is the timestamp that the text was sent at. Like, what do we do? What do I say? And that is absolutely what you should not do. And <laughs> we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of yeah, it. Yeah, we've all done it. We've all done and, it. I mean, it's so hard to break that cycle because it's like, okay, I could tell this person that I'm anxious, but that's so fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. But that's what you need to do. Oh my God, and yeah. So like one example comes to mind. There was a guy before the pandemic that I had gone on a few dates with and in person felt like the connection was amazing. Everything was going great. I would be like, okay, this is 100% going somewhere. Like we're so into each other. We're hitting it off. This is really great. And when we were in person, I'm like, I have nothing to doubt. Like I know exactly how mm-hmm. this is going. And Mm-hmm. Then like the next day would come and like he just wasn't a big texter and like it'd be a, maybe mm-hmm. a week between each day and I'd be like, I don't understand. Like, is this guy into me or does he literally never need to see me again in his life? And so yeah. like even sometimes we'd have a date plan, but that I just wouldn't be hearing from him. And for me, like I'm a mm-hmm. texter. and it's, it's like texting is almost like my love language. You know, I need to know that the guy's thinking mm-hmm. about yeah. me and that I'm just like on their mind and they want to know how my day's going and stuff. And mm-hmm. so with him not texting me, it was making me so beyond anxious. And I finally said to him on one of our dates, 
I was like, I don't want to like bring up like a, a really serious topic or like blow this out of proportion or anything, but I feel like things are really good when we're together. And then when we're not together, mm-hmm. I get really anxious because I don't really hear from you. And then I start questioning mm-hmm. like what's going on here. And I, I'm not sure if like you're just not a big texter or what. And like, even just to know you're not a texter would make me feel a little better. And he was like, oh my God, no, like everything is so final on a, yeah, you're right. Like I'm not a big texter. I'm not on my phone that much when I'm at work. But Mm -hmm. if like me texting you more will help you feel better in between dates, like I'm more than happy to do that. I like you and I care about you and I want you to feel more comfortable. And overnight, this guy became the best texter in the world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Best case scenario. Yeah. And it's because I said like, not in a way where I was like attacking him being like, why aren't you texting me? I was Mm -hmm. just honest. I was like, this is making me feel anxious. And Mm -hmm. he heard that. And because he liked me, he was like, okay, I don't want her to feel anxious. Like, how can I help? And then he did that. And so I really do think it's about trying to communicate what is bothering you or what's making you feel unsettled or uncomfortable, but not in an attacking Mm -hmm. way, in a way where you're just being honest. And like, you can start by saying Mm -hmm. like, I'm really nervous to say this, or this is awkward to talk about, but I really like where things are going. And I want to be honest so that they can continue going in this direction. And here's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I love that because I feel like when you frame it from the perspective of this is how I feel, no one can get defensive. Mm -hmm. You can't negate the way somebody else feels. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to just not only practice saying how you are feeling, but like kind of also to see how they react to how you're feeling. Like, do they care enough about your feelings to then make a shift? And in the case of this guy, like you said, it was immediate because he just cared more about making you feel secure than about holding on to this like weird texting pattern. So I think that's such a great approach. 100%. And like you said, like their reaction and how they go about it is the most telling because if you tell somebody that something Mm -hmm. that they're doing or not doing is making you anxious and they continue to do it or not do it, then that's not a person who you're going to be able to like work through your anxieties and stuff with. And it's okay to be anxious, you know, but yeah, if you are, if you're straight up saying like, Hey, this thing is bothering me and they ignore it, it's not a match and that's okay. Yeah. You will find somebody who is more receptive to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like some other things that people can encounter as they're dating is maybe you meet someone, you go on a couple of great dates, but in reality, do you know them that well? No, but you can't stop yourself from like future tripping and like planning and envisioning your whole life with this person who you've just gone on a couple of days with, haven't had a fight with, like maybe you haven't even seen their apartment yet. How do you advise people to kind of pump the brakes and prevent them from getting ahead of themselves? Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) My thing was always the second we would actually match and I would get their last name, I'd be like, oh, Alana Grant. Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) I can work with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, don't do that, you guys. Look, (laughs) I think just focus on getting to the next date. Like, Mm-hmm. live in the moment, enjoy it. Cause also the, like the first few dates with somebody, whether or not it ends up going somewhere like that's a really fun time. That's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And we almost like ruin it. We do ourselves a disservice by overthinking and getting anxious and hyping ourselves up in our head about a situation that, you know, like maybe it's not going to turn into a relationship, but maybe you're going to have a really great experience with somebody and mm-hmm. you're going to learn something from it. And you're going to be glad you met that person. But there's somebody better out there for you. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's really like living from date to date. And as long as you're enjoying what's going on, just 
continue to enjoy it. You don't have to be like, okay, like I have this thing coming up in four months and like I wonder if they're going to be there for it or not. Just oh my God, like, take it one, so stressful. Take it one date at a time. One date at a time. Yep. That is the best advice. And I feel like I wasn't always guilty of doing that because I feel like a lot of times when I would go on all these dates, I didn't really like the people that much, which is like that, again, goes back to me not being discerning enough and being like, well, maybe I'll meet my husband and he just has a bad profile, whatever. Yeah. But then when I did like someone because it was so rare, I feel like it then kind of like led into something else that's related to future tripping. And that's kind of focusing on do they like me versus like, well, do I like them? It's like, if you decide if you like them too early before you really know, then I feel like you get kind of weird and you feel like you have to prove yourself to this person. And like, you're trying to win them over when in reality, those early stages of dating should be like mutually trying to win one another over. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. And since we started with talking about the relationship I'm in now, my boyfriend's name is Jake. I actually experienced this really bizarre situation where when I had gone on my first like date or two with Jake, I had gone on two or three other dates with this other guy. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's call him Alex. And I was obsessing over Alex. Obsessing. Mm -hmm. I actually think I only went on a date with Jake at first to distract myself (laughs) from the anxiety I felt about Alex. And my first date with Alex was great. Second date was like good. Mm -hmm. But the entire time I was like, oh my God, like when is he going to ask me on another date? Like when am I going to see him again? Like I'm going away. Mm -hmm. What if I don't see him before I go away? What do I do? Like why isn't he texting me yet today? I was obsessing over him. And literally the only thing I wanted to know was, does he like me? And it took my friend being like, Alana, do you even like Alex? To like snap me out of it. Because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't give him a real answer. I was like, I, I mean, like, I just thought he liked me. I didn't even care if I yeah. liked him. And the truth is like, yes, I had a fun date with him. But like, did I actually like him? Did I actually think like we'd be really good together? Like, probably not. And yeah. so then when I went on my date with Jake and Jake texted me right after saying I had a great time, I'd love to see you again. I was like mm-hmm. so comforted. I felt so great. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like that's so refreshing. This guy communicates. I know exactly where I stand with him. And mm-hmm. to see the contrast in these two situations was one of the most like eye-opening things in the world for me because almost every other guy I dated was like Alex, where I just mm-hmm. was filled with anxiety. Like 90% of the matter in my body was anxiety because I just wanted to know what they were thinking and if they liked me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it sucks because it's kind of creating this addictive cycle where when they then do text you, you get like these butterflies because you were like, I'd given up hope. I had no idea if I was ever going to hear from them, but like you shouldn't have these like lows and highs. It should just be this like constant reassurance that this person is interested in you. Yeah. It should just feel, it should feel calm. It should feel Mm -hmm. easy. It should feel natural where you're excited to talk to the person. You're Mm -hmm. excited when they text you. You want to ask how their day is going because you genuinely want to know how their day is going. And you don't have to overthink. You don't have to take a screenshot and send it to the group text for everyone to formulate Mm -hmm. a response. Like you can just truly be yourself. And I know that sounds cheesy, Mm -hmm. but it's true. 
Yeah. I think one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard about like, when should you text someone when you first start dating is literally just text them when you have something to say. And again, that sounds like very stupid, but I think it makes sense because a lot of times we'll be like, oh, well, I haven't heard from them, so I need to text them. But it's like, okay, do you actually have something to say? Or are you just like trying to see if they'll respond or checking in? Whereas if you're just like, oh yeah, I thought that they would think this thing is funny, then that's the only way the conversation is going to progress organically and naturally. I love that piece of advice. I've actually never heard it before and I'm writing it down because I like need to tweet it out later. Like, because it's literally amazing (laughs) and people need to hear it. Yeah. It's so easy. Like it could be that easy, but we make it so difficult. Yep. We make it so difficult. And I think one of the most stressful parts about dating right now is not actually dating. It's texting. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. It's crazy. It is really crazy. I just feel like we're so glued to our phones too. And I feel like there would be times when I'd be waiting for a text from someone in the past and like, I would do all these weird things to try to distract myself. Like I'd put my phone on like do not disturb mode so that it wouldn't be like every time it buzzed, I'd be like, is it him? And it's so messed up that I even had to do that just to try and like quell my anxiety and like distract myself. I know. I would change the vibrate on my phone so that I knew it would buzz differently. It would literally buzz Mm -hmm. differently so that I knew. Oh my God, Ilana, I'm so glad you said that. I'm like, was it just me doing these things? No, and like to anyone who's listening, like don't hear this and be like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to go do that. Absolutely do not (laughs) do that. That is what not to do. Please do. I beg you. I beg you. Don't do that. (laughs) Do as we say, not as we do. Sometimes I'll talk about like different ways I've like socked people and like the different methods I've come up with. And like people are like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I never thought about it. I'm like, no, no. Uh-uh. Back it up. Unhear that. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. So this is like the theme of like, just because we're saying that we used to do something does not mean we endorse it today. Correct. Correct. Oh my God. Disclaimer. <laughs> Okay. So I wanted to backtrack a little bit to, I guess your current podcast, but also your previous podcast. And so I buried the lead a little bit when I was giving your podcast intro, there is one key detail that I left out. And this has always drawn me to your podcasts. And for anyone who's not familiar with dating sucks and seeing other people, Alana is now a solo host and brings on guests, but she used to co-host with someone she dated. And, you know, now you're hosting as a solo host, which is obviously the format of my podcast as well. But I feel like I could kind of relate on some level because I recorded what was supposed to be one episode with my ex and it wound up being like two episodes. There was a lot to unpack and uncover. We also just like got really off track a lot of the times, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's doing this like every week with this person that she used to date. Yep. It was, it was honestly really interesting. So it was actually when I started dating sucks, I went to my boss and I was like, look, like I want to start a podcast and I want an older male co-host. And obviously it was a much more (laughs) drawn out conversation than that. But I I knew I wanted an older male co-host to provide different perspectives. And Mm -hmm. I thought it would be really beneficial to different genders, regardless of who they were dating to get the male and female perspective. And Mm -hmm. so my boss was like, okay, do you have someone in mind? I was like, oh. And I never thought of it, but I was like, you know what? I actually do have someone in mind. And it was this guy that I had matched with on Hinge earlier that year. We had gone on a Mm -hmm. few dates. And the backstory of what happened is he was actually the first person I went out with on a date after a breakup. And I was not 
ready to date anybody. This was my like, okay, I'm gonna like download the apps just to like window shop. Okay, like I'm gonna message somebody back just to put on the training wheels, have a conversation like, okay, mm-hmm. I should go on a date just to just to get myself back out there sort of but like, yeah. not fully. And so this was my like trial date. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not First of all, I was not ready. But second of all, I was not ready to actually have a connection with somebody. And I did not expect yeah. that to happen. And Jonah and I really hit it off and had truly, the, I think, the best first date I've ever been on. And wow, I went home and I cried about my ex right after. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, like I'm not ready for this. But I was like, but I like him. And he he literally mm-hmm. told me he liked me. Like we shared a cab home because we lived like on different parts Aww. of the Upper East Side. So like yeah. before I got dropped off, he was like, I really like you. And I was like, I like you too. And then I went in and cried. Oh my God. Um, love the transparency. Right? We love communication. What a concept. <laughs> and so we ended up going on a few more dates. But before every date, I would cry about my ex. And after every date, I would cry about my ex. The dates itself were yeah. great. But eventually, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this isn't okay. I need more time. I'm not in a place for this. And so I told him that, honestly. And I was like, I know I mentioned I had been in a relationship recently. I didn't really mention how recent. And I mm-hmm. really love spending time with you and blah, 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 but I'm not ready right now. And and maybe we can keep the door mm-hmm. open or stay in touch, see what happens down the line. And mm-hmm. so he was super, super great about it. His response actually made me like him even more because <laughs> he was Aww. so understanding. And yeah. we stayed in touch. I think we met up about two months later, just like catch up, but nothing happened. And on a lot of our dates, we would talk about dating and we would talk about Mm. like modern romance. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing that like really excited me about him because talking about dating on dates is like really taboo. Oh yeah. I think people should talk about dating on dates because it's a huge part of our lives and you learn Mm -hmm. so much about the person and what they're going to be like as a dater. And so I was like, oh my God, like we have such good conversations about modern dating. This would be perfect. And So we did it. But here's the thing is we both had question marks in our head of like, is something going to happen? Are Mm -hmm. we going to like fall for each other? Are we going to hook up? Like, is one of us going to like the other and it not be reciprocated? And like, there were times where like I was super into him and he was not. And then Mm -hmm. he was super into me and I was not. Yeah. But look, like we would talk about it openly. Yeah. Um, and it was really, really special and and unique and great, but it was always like in good fun and Mm -hmm. all that. But I think it added such an interesting dynamic because we were able to have upfront conversations about like a text that I sent to him and how he read it and digested mm-hmm. it. But what I really meant that he mm-hmm. missed and things like that, like all these little nuances that happen in day to day situations. And I think that was really, really cool and unique. Yeah, I can say as a listener, I ate it up. And I do think that it (laughs) added so much value to have both perspectives and to get both sides of the story. And I love that you also like admitted that there kind of was this back and forth in terms of interest. And I imagine that was kind of like tough to deal with. Like, were there ever moments where there was actual jealousy? Because I feel like you had to bring up anecdotes about either past dates or current dating situations. Oh, absolutely. And and there was actually one point where he and my friend had matched on a dating app and she like told me mm-hmm. and I got really uncomfortable and I was closer with him than with her. Like she wasn't mm-hmm. one of my close friends at the time. And so mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you like don't go out with Skylar. Yeah. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we literally had a conversation last week about how we should go on a date. 
Mm. And he was like, wait, what? And I'm like, I literally sent him the screenshot and he was like, oh, I thought we were joking. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, it ended up being this like really awkward, like back and forth and Mm -hmm. this like really tough situation where like, then they kept talking. And then because I said like, I'd really like you guys to not go on the date. Like if you tell somebody not to do something, they're only going to want to do it more. more. Yeah. So it was this like, it was this incredibly stressful situation. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I was jealous. And part of me wasn't sure. Was I jealous because I wanted to go out with him again? I wanted to date him or because Mm -hmm. we did just have this conversation about how maybe it's time to see if there's still something here. But also maybe I just didn't want my friend to date him because I had history with him and because we have this working relationship. And yeah. what if I did end up getting jealous? Like, And I really don't know what it was at the end of the day. They ended up not going out on a date. We all hung out as friends later on. Oh. It, it, was all, it was all okay. But it was really, really, really stressful. And oh my god, yeah, a not fun situation. <laughs> I can't imagine. And yeah, I think that's totally understandable that you would be like, "Hey, there's a ton of people in this city. Could you like go out with literally, literally anybody else, anyone else?" And it was also like I knew how she was as a dater, and I knew how he was as a dater, and like it was just it. It, uh, it the, actually, I haven't thought about this in so long. I'm like thinking about some of the texts <laughs> oh. now. Like it was such a situation. Oh my god. And I was like, look, like I'm literally like asking you, please do not go out on a date with one of my friends. Like, can you not? And he's yeah. like, I didn't even think you guys were like good friends. Like I know all of your friends and you've never mentioned her. I'm like, we became friends like during the pandemic. So like, yeah, we've hung out in person once, yeah. but we've talked like every day. And I'm asking you like from my heart, like this will hurt me if you do that. And yeah, it was a, yeah, it was stressful. It really was. I'm glad that you worked through it. And I'm glad that you were all able to hang out all together. You know, that's the sign of a great clean resolution. Yes. But yeah, I can, I can only imagine the turmoil leading up to that. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of, you know, plays really well into the age old question. Can you be friends with an ex? I know you weren't officially exes right. with Jonah, but like, you know, you still had that dating dynamic. Do you feel like the dynamic changes when maybe like one person is dating someone versus when both are single or both are dating? You can't be friends with an ex. <laughs> like there's just no way. Oh my God. I, a it, hard line. It, okay. It, it, <laughs> here's a, like, yes, maybe some people can. Great. You're a maybe. unicorn. But if <laughs> you are somebody like me, who does get anxious mm-hmm. and does feel really strongly connected to people like that I've dated. It, I've tried. I have tried to be friends with every mm-hmm. single one of my exes and it has ended in like me getting blocked. I'm not even kidding. Like it has ended mm-hmm. in, yeah. it, it's almost been like a more heartbreaking situation than the breakup itself is like the, yeah. the friend situation, not working out and ending up like bursting into flames. And Mm-hmm. it's it's just like unless it's some really specific unique situation where like I, I don't even know <laughs> but I, I yeah. think for the most part nine out of ten times it's not going to work out and it's so emotionally draining to try and make it happen and yes of course yeah. this person is so important to you and made an impact on you and who you are and and your life changed because of them and you want to stay in each other's lives if you can of course i fully understand that and i've fought for that before and mm-hmm. it just i've never actually seen a situation where it's worked out yeah it's it's really interesting because so the ex that i interviewed right i was going to say i'm curious about that <laughs> Yeah. So before that, like I had two exes where I think 
in one case, I broke up with them. And so I was like, we should be friends. He didn't want to. And then the next ex, he broke up with me and he's like, can we still be friends? And I was like, no. no. (laughs) And I feel like when you break up with someone and it's like even a little bit contentious, I think the person who does the breaking up oftentimes is like, let's be friends because they want that validation that they're not a bad person and that you don't hate them. And in the case of this ex that I interviewed, we broke up like, honestly, we weren't having any issues. Like we weren't fighting. It was like, we had been dating a short period of time. He lived in San Diego. I live in LA and we were kind of seeing each other, but like, it wasn't regular enough. I feel like, and we just weren't committed enough to like actually push through and make it work. So I was like, well, that sucks because like we get along so well, all of this stuff, but whatever, I guess we can still be friends. I will say it's messy at times. I'm dating someone now. And so actually like that friendship, like the communication has dwindled like quite a bit since I've been in this relationship. But I think, you know, when I wasn't in a relationship, it was this like messy thing of like, okay, well, are we hanging out platonically or maybe are we going to hook up because we are still attracted to each other and there was no bad blood. And so I think it just like, I don't know. I think I can't say it was like a true friendship because like when I hang out with most of my friends, I'm not wondering like, oh, well, are we going to hook up? Right. Like that's just not a question that comes to my mind. Or like maybe I hope we hook up or like I wonder like I don't want to, but what if they are? Like there are just yeah. so many what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do think that now that I've kind of gone through that experience, I'm more aligned with your opinion that like you can't really be friends with an ex unless there's some crazy situation that to your point is just not the norm. Right. Or like, of course, if you have kids and you're Mm -hmm. trying to like work through that and stay amicable and like platonically just on a go. If you you want to stay in a good place because of your kids, like, yes, that's totally different. But we're talking about like dating in your 20s. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the stakes are not so high that it's like we have to maintain a connection to this person. Yeah, like the dog is going to go to one person, not the other. <laughs> Sucks to suck. You shouldn't right. have screwed up. Uh, honestly, yeah. that's a, It's a big risk. You know, you get a dog with someone who you're not married to, you know it might happen. So, yep. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Love that. Great execution. <laughs> Okay. So I kind of wanted to close out with another topic and I feel like I would be remiss to not ask you about dating apps as a former Hinge employee. I'm sure you get questions all the time. I couldn't end this without trying to get the scoop. I guess while you were working (laughs) at Hinge, did you use other dating apps or was like Hinge your primary? So I really wondered going into it what it was going to be like. Was it kosher to use Bumble while you worked at Mm -hmm. Hinge or what? I will say before... I started at Hinge. Hinge was my dating app of choice, which mm-hmm. is what excited me about the job. It was where I yeah. felt like I I felt the most safe on it. I felt like the profile like most accurately was able to like represent who I am. And I felt like I just got the best like matches and dates on it. But it was actually it was really nice. Like nobody cared. Like there were Hinge Tinder relationships going on. People were using Bumble. People were using whatever app and nobody cared mm-hmm. or like judged anyone for it. Mm-hmm. I mainly stayed with using Hinge because like I said, like even before it was my favorite dating app. So for me, I was just like, all right, I'll just stick with it. But I've mm-hmm. definitely at different times in my life, like I've definitely tried different dating apps. And of course, there would be times where I'm like, all right, like Hinge isn't it for me right now. Let me yeah, go download no. Bumble again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can say the same. Having not worked at Hinge, Hinge was always my favorite. I feel like I would use Tinder. I would use Bumble. But I always gravitated towards Hinge as well. And like, I feel like there were a lot of things for me that made it 
the most likely to generate quality matches and to get to know more about people. I would love to hear Mm -hmm. from your perspective as a previous employee, like what do you think set Hinge apart from the other apps? So Hinge was actually the first app to come out with prompts that Mm -hmm. allowed you to actually like say something about yourself in a way where it wasn't just a bio, like every app had like a bio space, but to Mm -hmm. write a bio about yourself where you're trying to come across as witty, but smart, but playful, but attractive, but approachable is like the hardest thing in the entire world. Writing any type of bio about yourself is impossible. So the prompts were really a good way where you could show off some of your personality, but Mm -hmm in just like a sentence or two, not a whole paragraph. And yeah. it really helped show off different parts of you and, and the different questions that we would come up with. They were, I think, really helpful in actually mm-hmm. showing off different things that somebody would, would want to know about you. Mm-hmm. I, but I will say with that is that a lot of people really struggle to answer those well. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest challenges with dating apps is that in, in a way, it's like dating apps expect us to be content creators about ourselves. and. Mm-hmm. of the people on dating apps are not that. So that's definitely challenging. But I do think, I know Hinge launched something called What Works, where they actually, and maybe Mm. it's called that, I don't know. But it actually, like, as you're setting up your profile, it walks you through, like, here's what you should do and why and how. And like, hey, you should go back and like, finish, like put all six pictures. You didn't put all six pictures. You should Mm -hmm. put six pictures. Because if people see a profile that's like incomplete, they're not going to think like, oh, that person didn't put effort in. Like they don't care. They're not actually serious on here. So Mm -hmm. things like that. I also know they have the we met feature where a few days after a phone number is exchanged, it says like, did you meet this person? Which some people find creepy, but the reason (laughs) they're doing it is to know like, they asked, did you meet this person? And did it go well? And that's so they know like, okay, this was good. And it tells the algorithm like, okay, show them more Mm -hmm. people like this. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love all of those things that you mentioned. I am such a stan of the prompts. I feel like when I first had to write my bio, I was just like, I have no idea where to start. And the prompts are such a good like intermediary and they do have so much like potential to allow you to show that personality. It's a lot less intimidating. And I also love the We Met feature. Mm-hmm. I think one thing as you were bringing up We Met, I remember when I was on Hinge, it had the most compatible. And first oh, of yeah. all, there was one time where on my birthday, my most compatible was one of my exes. And no. luckily we were in a place where it wasn't like contentious. I like screenshotted yeah. it and like we had a good laugh or at least I had a laugh. I don't know how he was feeling on his end. But I feel like a lot of the times I would be like, Hinge, like, why is this my most compatible? Like, I would love I to understand more because I don't see it. And I know that you are not speaking as a representative of Hinge by any means. But like, do you have any insight into like how much the we met feature like played into that i'm just so curious look i have no idea <laughs> i i was on social media and content i i don't know what was going on in the back end with the algorithm but i also i mean i apparently my brother and i are most compatible according to Hinge. No so, way. Yeah, Your that was brother. A, that was a fun time. And the funniest part was I was in the picture, his first picture oh. with him. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, so, you know, my God. Maybe in a way the algorithm like recognized our similar DNA. I don't really know. Um, but <laughs> so wild. Yeah, I, I would get texts from my friends with screenshots every day being like, oh, Anna, what the fuck is happening here? Like, this is <laughs> such an insult. I'm like, look, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I know. I feel like sometimes the most compatible, it was a really good like blow to the ego. Like it really would be like, don't think you're all that, you know, like it's, it's fine. Maybe that was the point of it. It's like, put us all in check. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. Okay. Well, I also feel like I have to ask this question and I feel like I would just be a hypocrite if I didn't because I've like talked about it on the podcast before a few times. What are your opinions on the roses? I know that you left Hinge before they started to roll that feature out. Yeah. So I remember that feature was coming, like they were planning it while I was there. (laughs) So by the time I left, it came out shortly after. And I don't know. I will say in my personal experience, I never matched with anybody that I sent a rose to. And I I wonder if people think it's like almost a desperate move or something like that. I yeah. don't know. I think it's an idea that has a lot of potential, but maybe something around like just the way people kind of perceive it is like, oh, like they really like me. Like, no, do less, like back yeah. it up. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Yeah. I wasn't using the app by the time they came out, but I feel like I've had so many friends who have used it. And I feel like, I don't know, to your point, I'm not sure if it has the same implication of like a super like on Tinder, where I feel like that might be something where people think that it's a little bit cringy to send one. From my friend's perspective, like my friend sent me a screenshot of this guy the other day. And she was like, Oh, my God, he's so cute. I guess him and I work at the same company. I'm like, sorry, I've never seen him. And I was like, did you send him a like? And she's like, he's in my roses section. So I can't and I used up all my roses and I don't want to pay. And I'm like, oh, like, that's a bummer. It's like this person is like within reach, but like just out of reach. Yeah, that does suck. But I mean, hopefully I think within the next few days, I'm sure he'll cycle into her normal matches. Yeah. 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 So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, can't let you go without playing a game. And I feel Yay. like because, you know, you are so experienced in like the dating apps, both professionally and in your personal life, I wanted to play a quick game of would you rather and like dating app edition. So So these are scenarios where you encounter this on the dating app. Which scenario is more favorable? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So you see their profile. All their photos are either low quality selfies or they're all photos that were from like a professional photo shoot. Oh, God. You know what? (laughs) I'd be a hypocrite if I said professional photo shoot wasn't cool with me. So I'll Mm -hmm. go for a professional photo shoot. At least they put effort into it. That is fair. Yeah, I think it's a tough one because you do want someone who's going to put in effort. That's so huge. I feel like living in LA, I'm always like the first thing that comes to mind is like, oh, are these your headshots? Like, yeah. Are you an actor? There's nothing wrong with actors, of course. I just think knowing my dating track record, that's maybe not the type of person that I typically match with. Right. But the low quality selfies, it's like, okay, come on. Like what's going on yeah. with you that you don't have a single like normal picture, buddy? You know, that, that would be true. a red flag yeah. to me. That's a good point. And yeah, like surely your friends have taken a good photo of you at some point that you could use. Hopefully. Yeah. Do you not have friends? Like that brings up that question. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the next one, either all their photos are cropped so you can't tell who was in it with them or only two of their photos are of just them and the rest are group photos. Oh, that's tough because you want a good balance. Mm-hmm. And all of their photos are like super cropped. I'm like, well, is like their ex in all of their every single right? one of these photos? But I will say for guys, that's a big thing because obviously like girls take way more photos than guys usually. <laughs> yeah. And guys, most of their good photos are with their ex who forced them yeah. to take a picture. Exactly. I mean, look, I'll I'll go for the group photos if the, the two solo pictures are like clear solo pictures. I can see who they are that I can identify mm-hmm. them in the group shots. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I actually don't mind when people have some group shots because I feel like it gives more of a glimpse into your personality of like, oh, I do this thing with my friends. Again, to your point, as long as I can tell who you are, I think it's okay. It's not ideal, but I'll let it slide. Aligned. (laughs) Okay, so the next question, they ask you to switch to text immediately. So you match. They're like, hey, Lana, like I don't really check this app often. What's your number? Or they're still texting you only on the app after you've already like had a first date. Oh my God, no, cringe. Ah. <laughs> At first, as you were saying, I was going to be like, unless they're like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, like that's weird to jump straight to text, like ask me how my day was at least. But yeah. no, 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 no. Like we're off the app. Like <laughs> we're off the app after a date. That's that. No, I don't like that. I know some people prefer yeah. to stay on on an app until a date, like for safety purposes. But mm-hmm. if it's after the date and you're still messaging me on a dating app, we're done here. So I'll I'll go for the the former. Yeah, they're they're both so not ideal because I think the first one is very aggressive. It's like I don't necessarily want to give out my number to everybody. I do yeah. understand not checking the app as much, but like I don't know. I feel like you just kind of have to adjust your behavior a little bit. Exactly. To- like you're on a dating app. Like play by the rules. Don't do anything crazy. Like. If you're actually looking for someone to date, you can like dedicate the time to opening the dating app to respond to a message. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It shows where your priorities lie. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the last question, you find out that they either lied about their height by two inches or they totally misrepresented their facial hair. So like maybe in all their pictures, they had a beard. Then you come, they're clean shaven. Maybe they have a mustache they didn't show. It could be anything. Oh, that's tough because it so depends for me. Like if somebody yeah. looks like super clean shaven and they have a giant beard, I'd be like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? I like, don't know. What, I think I'd burst out laughing. Um, I feel like here's the thing is most guys do lie about their height by at least one inch. I agree. I've had guys admit to me date one. They're like, yeah, I rounded my height up. So yeah. then I'd like make it through filters. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Look, I'm not mm-hmm. someone who really cares about height. I'm five, five and a half ish, mm-hmm. but I literally hate wearing heels. So like I'll happily mm-hmm. wear flats for the rest of my life. So I'll go with the height. Yeah. 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 I think to your point, like it says, okay, they lied, but then it feels like it's less serious because to your point, everyone does it. It's so not a lie. It's like, like, it's almost not a lie. It's like anytime you look at a guy's dating app profile, you automatically have to subtract an inch. Yeah. Yeah. You so have it's really to. just one I other can't. inch. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, maybe I would go with the height as well. Because like misrepresenting facial hair, that can transform your whole face, honestly. Yeah. 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 So, all right. I think we're aligned. Um, Alana, thank you so much for coming on. I think this was such a great discussion. And I'm sure that listeners will want to hear more from you. So can you plug where people can find you, your podcast, and anything else you want to share? Absolutely. I am at Alana Dunn, I-L-A-N-A-D-U-N-N everywhere. And seeing other people is at seeing other people everywhere. I, I keep it easy. And thank you so, so much for having me. This is so fun. I'm still cringing about the (laughs) multiple different things here and picturing different facial hair situations. Um, (laughs) That's going to be tough. But again, yeah, to everyone listening, do not do the crazy things that we said that we did. Don't do those. Don't do those. Yeah. Please. These are not interstates and heartbreak or seeing other people approved. No, exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. 
Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.